All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the boys of 161st Street. This is another roll call episode. This one is all about DJ LeMayhew. Not a very great year for Mr. LeMayhew, largely due to injuries. Hoping that doesn't happen this year. Um, got some pretty jarring stats on his pre and post injuries that the resident um, doctor, Dr. Chandler, is going to give us. Um, but yeah, DJ LeMayhew, last season. I guess I'll start with the opening stats again. Did not make the top 100. No shock there. He didn't really play and didn't play in the postseason either. Uh, 2022 stats, 3.8 war still. Uh, 122 hits, 261 batting average. That's low for him, obviously. 111 OPS plus and a 734 OPS, 46 ribbies. So not what you expected out of him. Uh, Can I lead off with three? Yeah, I guess you could start off with that. Because I think that tells a better story than just the overall stats. Sorry to interrupt, but I think the so pre-injury DJ LeMayhew, and this is up to the day he got his MRI, so it could have been affecting him a little before it. I didn't dig that far into it, but pre um, pre toe shit, two eighty three, three eighty seven, four twenty five, and a one thirty nine WRC plus. Post toe, one sixty, two sixteen. 60 and a nine WRC plus. So to I mean, a nine, nine hundred and thirty point difference after the injury. My God, zero nine, zero nine, zero zero nine. If you want to. Now, for the I folks mean, who don't remember what the injury was, what was it? I'm those uh, folks. He fucked up his toe. I don't <laughs> his, his toe big shit. toe. Toe yeah. shit. I, yeah, that yeah, was my He's got that toe thing, as Aaron Boo would say. Yeah, that toe thing, yeah, not not good, not good, not what you want. Well, apparently, it started in July, so this is in mid-August when I took these stats. His stats were probably higher than that before his toe really started bothering him. So, I, to me, this hopefully should be a short episode. I know we say we try to stick to fifteen minutes. This one actually should because to me, there's not really that much to talk about when he's healthy. He is, which is pretty much all the time outside of last year. He is the most crucial piece of this offense. And so, team, really. He's so the only you, one that can you can sub out everywhere. Do you expect I I fully expect him to go back to his role that is, you know, just being the the jack of all trades, master of all of them, not master of none. Like you're just gonna you're gonna plug and play him wherever you want to give other guys a rest. That's going to be his role again, not barring health. I, I think I don't think that's a concern going into camp. Um, is he? Uh, is he? A, is he a candidate for best shape of his life? No. We always get a few of those going into spring training. No, I think he's totally healthy, but not best shape of his life. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> think quick his sidebar: role Who do you think there. is the best shape of their life? Name two on the Yankees right now. Luke Voigt was always a candidate for that. It's like, oh, I'm in the best shape of my life. I think well, that's because would, he went from being a Michelin man to like yeah. absolutely cut. Which I guess that Did that you, one was true. Have you seen Glaber? That's no. actually that one actually holds some weight. I've that seen a lot work. of it. 
Yeah, he's. Have you seen Glidber in shorts recently? It's phenomenal. I mean, I mean, good guy. <laughs> <laughs> so Glaber's your answer. Ben Rot, Ben Rot, Rot, Bert, whatever the hell. Dude, that dude will Ben-Rot. never be in the best shape of his life. His best shape of his life was the day he was born. <laughs> that dude's a, that dude doesn't exist. Every single uh, episode I'm, is just going to be a slight jab at Ben Rot, 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 Rot <laughs> I think I think Trevino uh, is in the best shape of his. I think it's gonna be Rodon, but back to your point, Chandler. What were you saying? Trevino's hurt, but um, <laughs> I was gonna say that uh, I think that DJ's role is largely contingent on what Peraza and Volpe's roles are and what they decide to do with Glaber Torres. Like to me, he's the opening day third baseman. Um, DJ Mayhew, that is. What they do from there is totally up to what the young guys do if they force their way in and if the Yankees finally throw in the towel on Glaber. I think Glaber's days here are limited and will probably be over within the next calendar year. When they've decided to pull that plug, I don't know. But I, I think it's impossible to say DJ's role right now. I mean, fuck, you got to remember, he was brought in to back up Troy to Lewitsky and... 2018 we're a long ways away from that though so you can you can paint a bigger picture of what his role will be i think his role will be exactly what it was before he got injured i mean Troy tulowitzki is yeah i I know that was and we were more excited about the tulowitzki signing and we honestly wanted to get i forget who it was jed lowry was was the well no but like the world in in that moment Jed Lowry was like the bigger name to get out of the second baseman class in, in free agency. And that went really, really well for the Mets. So, um, yeah, classic. I mean, DJ, even with his injury last year, played 125 games, which is, you know, I think obviously there's no doubt the injury completely fucked with his performance. There's absolutely no doubt there. But dude also won gold glove too with an injury. If we get a fully healthy LeMayhew back in the lineup, it's Murph's not convinced. Did he actually get the gold glove? He did, but what position? Like, did he? It was like, I mean, it was utility. utility Yeah, the utility this year. Oh my god! I forgot about that. That's like, oh my god! No, that's. I'm just saying because that's like when JD Martinez won a silver. No, it's not. That's so different. That's so different. Remind me what what happened again. It was he got a a silver slugger in both positions, right field and DH DH and right field. He played like ten games in right field or something. That's bullshit. All right, maybe it's not the same thing. It's not that he didn't deserve the, a gold glove, but like, I mean, compare him to whoever won third base gold glove and second base gold glove. I mean, like hey, I don't make the rules. That's why I was surprised. The third base gold glove is is a Mickey Mouse award, apparently, because IKF came home with one of those. <laughs> I don't necessarily think. Soto was a gold glove finalist, and he's the worst outfielder in baseball. Yeah. Is the gold glove a joke? Yeah, it is. It's like long been a joke. That's not the platinum good. glove. However, is not a joke. Yeah. Congrats, I mean, Jose Trevino. Back to back to DJ's utility. I mean, the guy played forty-seven games at third base, forty-one at second base, thirty-five at first base. I mean, the guy goes everywhere. Talk about it's utility. Probably going to look pretty similar this year. Like, I think he'll play as long as he's healthy. He's going to be an everyday player. It's just where I think he'll probably play more third base this year. Then I hope so. That dispersion between second and first, but you know, the second that Glaber goes down, he moves to second. The second Rizzo goes down, he moves to first. Or if they have an off day, you know, he's yeah. going to be the. I think that you know he'll probably start at third because uh, he's 
the clear leadoff guy, I think, at this point. Like, you know, you need his bat in the lineup, and that's where he fits, his third base, until yeah. something else goes wrong. So, so you, you mentioned leadoff. Is that are we go, is a healthy DJ automatically slated right back in leadoff leadoff spot considering the success that Judge had last year in the leadoff lineup, spot? So the lineup for today's game looked like what a lot of people think it's going to be, and it, if that's what the lineup the looks like. Then yes, Judge was in the leadoff spot to break the record, but he was in there yeah. before that. Too, Judge though. is not leading off. He was in there way before the record was like. With the only other distance. person that I could ever see leading off really is Volpe. Yeah, we really? were also sucking during that time too uh, no I, I totally get why judge like, the last month of the season there was nothing really there was stuff to play for but like the reason why people were going to games in the dog days of summer was to see judge bat and you want to bat him lead off so he gets the most at bats possible but Plus DJ was hurt when he was leading off it's also true so you think it's a guaranteed he's there's no question about it he's lead off i don't know maybe he it's not a guarantee be. but i'd be very surprised if he's not leading off i'd be upset he if he wasn't be. I mean, the Bader slots better in the back half. You know, you like yeah. to talk about a second leadoff all the time, Luke. I think that Bader is a great guy to help turn that lineup over. I think he's Fuck, a solid. Bader might be our cleanup hitter after last postseason. We'll go to through his roll call, but it, it, I, that's not going to happen again. I, I agree. I think that's a good nine nine hole hitter. And to, to answer your question, the third base goal glove winner was Ramon Urias, and the second base goal glove winner was Andre. So. All right, maybe he could have won third. Who was the second base? Uh, Andre Menes oh. from the yeah, Guardians. I mean, he 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 deserved that. Yeah, I like him. Um, all right, you want to go through his projections for for this year? Yeah. DJ LeMahieu sure. in his age thirty four season is projected to get one hundred and twenty six hits, hundred uh, no no not one hundred sixty nine sixty nine runs, which is pretty high. Probably assuming he's the leadoff hitter. Uh, 20 doubles, 12 home runs, one triple. Congrats. Uh, hopefully it's a cycle that day. Five stolen bases, 48 ribbies, 266 batting average. Which projection is this? This is the have, baseball reference projection. I'm looking at Zips. I'm at 272. Yeah. You're changing everything up on me. I think right. 272 is a good line for the average. I think 272 is extremely low. If it was me setting it, I'd set it at 292. Fuck okay, it, put it yeah. at 300. I mean, is he I mean, over hit. below 300? I'd be pumped if he could get over 300. 261 last year, I feel like. He's oh, my God, did you not bad. hear the stats? Like, after his thing, the 261 is no, no. not indicative of a, a player of who he is at all. I absolutely hate that. You hate that. No, I okay. Let's put the kibosh. Let's put the kibosh to that right now. You said two episodes ago. No. Why is one person talking at a time? You jumped all over what I said in the last couple of episodes about DJ and took it way out of context and blew it way out of proportion. I do not think he's a bad hitter by any means. But to assume that somebody that's age 34 is going to hit 300 and set the line there is wrong. I would take the over on 273, and I certainly think over 260 is healthy. But if you set the line at at or close to 300, the safe bet would be a little bit below that. I think he's going to be in that 280 range, and I'm just fine with that. He's going to be one of the better utility players in baseball, play all around the diamond, hit a solid leadoff, and be the guy. But, yeah. I mean, to I, say he's going to uh, jump back to 300. I said 290. And I, I think it's crazy 
that you say is not a household name anymore. That I did not weird. say that. That was yours where exact words. I said his name. I never said the word. I said his name doesn't seem to carry the same weight in the lineup that it used to. Which I just totally disagree. I think a fully healthy DJ is just as scary as pretty much everybody not named Aaron Judge or John Carlos Stanton. And I would argue that DJ the Mayhew in the right spot, I would rather have up than John Carlos Stanton. Yeah, I mean, people forget how clutch DJ was in a fully healthy year. Like he was the guy, if there was anybody we wanted up, anybody at all in the entire lineup in big spot with runners in scoring position, it was him. He was batting like 500 with runners in scoring position for like the entire year. Let alone, yeah. and even and when you go to the numbers in like the seventh inning beyond and extra innings, it's way better. It's just it's crazy to think about. So, I, I don't. I think that was kind of taken out of context or blown out of proportion when we say he wasn't a household name. I agree with Murph because recency bias is causing that. And until proven otherwise, until I mean, the, there's a big question mark, and that question mark is, you know, the, the numbers you displayed were his numbers post injury. He's still technically post injury, so we need to see how he bounces back from that. And that's neither that's that's not really up for debate. He has to prove that he can play for at a very high level after this injury. I know he had a whole off season in between, but that I don't just think this whole be... thing is going to carry over after the off season. I do think he's going to at least start the year, you know, healthy. But you know, the, you, when you get to thirty four years old, you can't hit he did a few years ago when he won a batting title and hit 26 home runs i'll go with the same argument i went with a couple episodes ago why did we sit here and talk about it for months then that he is his game plays into his mid to late 30s and how he was absolutely essential and how the contracts justified and everything like that just to turn around to turn around and the minute that he has an injury about I'm not but saying he's going to go out and hit 240 and suck. I'm saying he's going to go hit 280, have 15 home runs, and be perfectly serviceable for the contract because his game does play well. But right now, when I see his name in the lineup, it used to be like Judge and DJ 1-2. And now DJ isn't like the name in the lineup that you know gets the shorts moving necessarily the way it used to. He's in my well, top he, four. Sure. Top four shorts he, mover? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. He hasn't. He had. We haven't seen him at his fully healthy self in a long time. I think that's why the recent guys is saying that we're not. Is what is what I think we're saying, or some some people are saying that he's not going to be back the way he used to be, which is a valid point because we have no fucking idea. We don't know like, the, the way that injuries are told to us, explained to us, is the worst I've ever seen in any organization ever. So this foot thing. I'll believe it when I see it that it's fully healed and he's ready to go again. I hope he is. I I think he can be like a 290 hitter and I'm again, I'm perfectly cool with that. And yeah, that's it, what that's, we need him to be. I'm with you. I'm just a believe it when I see it. I'm not discounting him at all. I'm not expecting him to do anything less than 280ish. Like I, I would, if that's the line I'll take the over on 280. I'm I'm confident in DJ this year. And I, I agree with everything I've previously said Chandler is that this his game does play until he's older and he's 34. He doesn't. He's not a power guy. He never has been, other than that one year where he had like thirty home runs to right field. Um, actually, maybe they shift him the other way too. So maybe he gets a little benefit from the shift not being a thing anymore. But again, not discounting him. I think if I just need to see that he's healthy, and I don't. I think the toe isn't that big a deal. It's not like an arm or something like that or an eye. Imagine he lost an eye. That would that his game would not play if he lost an eye. So 
Eh, I, I just the only thing that bothers me is the injury like plague narrative. Like, look at his time of the Yankees: 145 games played. That's as a utility man in his first year, where he didn't even start for the first week. Next year, COVID year, 50 out of 60. Next year, 150 out of 162. And then the year after that, 125, and that's with like an amputated foot. So there's no narrative of that we're saying that he's an injury prone guy, like a Stanton of of the sort. We're just saying this recent injury is cause for concern until proven otherwise. That's point blank. That's that's what we're saying. I actually don't carry as much weight on the toe. Like I do think he is fully healthy. I don't either. I just need to see it. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to be surprised if he hits 300. No, there. But that's not where I'd set the line. That's all. Yep. All right. That was DJ LeMahieu. Any closing comments before we uh, get into the next one? And uh, uh, all I'll say is that if you haven't watched the videos of him walking into spring training, not answering the questions on the social media, it is fucking hilarious. I have not that. seen that. Where, I'm never been really more that. curious to hear an answer. Like if Dude, I if he did it, no, it's like I would it's watch like, those uh, videos just to see what his answers the, are. The social questions. media person on the Yankees is holding up a prompt, like, "What's your favorite cereal?" And like, all of the Yankees are coming in, like, standing there, putting in thought and putting in answers. And every day, there's like five prompts. There's a video of DJ walking by, just being like, and just completely, <laughs> completely disregarding <laughs> the question and just walking straight through it. So he's locked in. I'm, I'm ready for a comeback. That sign season. could literally say, "Hey, fuck you, DJ." And he'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> he would just walk by and not give a fuck because he's not reading it. So it doesn't matter if it said "fuck you, DJ" or anything. All right, I'm I'm gonna be on the lookout for that now. Do they post it from the Yankees account or? I sent the highlights. All right, we'll we'll retweet it from our our 161 account. All right, we'll catch you guys later.